Currently 34 degrees under partly cloudy skies in Lynchburg, 38 in Bedford. Uh, they still have a dense fog advisory in Danville at 34. Roanoke and Salem has 41, 31 in Appomattox, 37 in Amherst. So uh, just know that there were some slick spots out there this morning. Hopefully everything's cleared up. Uh, more so now. In the studio with us this morning is Lynchburg City Councilman Marty Mischens, who was uh, just sworn in last week. Good morning. Good morning, Janet, and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for having me here. We're glad that you're here. Uh, now, last week was uh, was an interesting week, sir. Uh, it was it was not much like our national transition. Our local transition wasn't as smooth as one might have hoped was it not it was well, that, that last week was like a month long i would say that last week was definitely interesting uh what it comes down to is i ran on taxes being too high or citizens weren't safe and schools aren't listening to parents and that's what i intend to deliver on and mm-hmm. i felt like the best fit for that was jeff helgeson as mayor and that's actually what chris feraldi promised the entire lynchburg republican city committee uh last year was around the mass meeting was that his first vote when we convened the new city council would be to elect jeff helgeson as mayor mm-hmm. and he said his second vote would be to pass a second amendment sanctuary resolution now on december 2nd in jeff helgeson's kitchen chris actually said that that second amendment sanctuary resolu- resolution was no longer relevant and he was cl- quickly corrected by many of us and uh that's unfortunate and it's unfortunate to see how he's kind of switched and and on his narrative on things and not really delivered on what he told folks. Well, there is, um, I, I know Stephanie and, and I know Chris and I know Larry and I know you, um, and, uh, and, and like all of you, but I can tell you the tone that's being set right now is a huge disappointment for a lot of the people in Lynchburg. Um, my inbox was blown up all weekend long. Uh, from people that are are pretty embarrassed by the way things are going right now. What do you say to to those people who were very excited about um, the prospect of having um, an end to two decades of basically democratic rule in in the city and now we barely get our hands down from saying an oath and you're putting boxing gloves on that's what it feels like i'll put my boxing gloves on for the citizens i'm not putting boxing gloves on for myself let's be crystal clear about that okay and 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 so so that that line in the sand for you was you wanted hegelson as as mayor the best thing for the citizens okay but you understand that that jeff has been in office for 20 years 18 Okay, almost 20 years. And he's made some not great friends. There are some people on the council, and, and we know who they are, that were never going to vote for him, ever. They just weren't. But this isn't about the elected officials. It's not about the bureaucrats. It's about the people. It is and, about and, the and people. The, the groundswell of support from, from the people within our city that I saw, every message that I received, every inbox I received through my Facebook page, begged me to vote for Jeff Helgeson for mayor. And that was I certainly your, single, your right to, to do that. I didn't receive a single request from anybody to vote for anybody else. Okay. Um, and so the reason you were so upset 
was because some of the people that you ran with didn't vote for him? Was that part of it? No, I think it's just the, the, the divisiveness that Chris Feraldi has thrown into this whole thing. I mean, he's been trying to manipulate things from day one, just like the Lynchburg Pledge. I never pledged to make Lynchburg have an elected school board because we don't have the authority to do that. But he's been on the radio for a year saying we're going to get Lynchburg Lynchburg an elected school board. We can't do that. We can't unilaterally do that. It's not possible. And but you you can foster a tone that that makes it clear to Richmond that that's what we want. We could absolutely. We can lobby for it, and I signed up to lobby for that. And the more that I'm understanding this, and I met with the superintendent last week, and and I'm and I'm getting to understand the issues that we have. Excuse me. Um, the, uh, the, I don't even know that that's the right decision right away. We need to fix the school system, right? Mm-hmm. So the ship is already sunk, and we need to bring in shipbuilders to fix that ship. We're not going to be able to elect those folks, right? Why, why do you say that? put those people in place and then transition to an election later on. But Chris is trying to fast-track this, and I believe it's just a gimmick because he wants to say that he delivered it before he runs for re-election in two years. You seem like you have a very personal um, butting of heads with Feraldi. I mean, has something happened outside of of these things that we're talking about? I mean, well, have I mean, you all simply, always had this? He simply can't keep his word. He told donors before the mass meeting and the fundraiser that he did for uh, the uh, Vote Lynchburg candidates to try to raise money for the three candidates that he was going to give that money to the three candidates. And he didn't. He spent it with his own campaign. He gave a little bit of it to him. The donors are very upset about that. He tried to put his thumb on the uh, needle in the mass meeting and tried to manipulate who was selected to be uh, fit for uh, office in the mass meeting when we got nominated. Um, you know. All right. Well, well, I, I don't want to spend time yeah. just because he's not here to defend him, himself. And 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 I will also say when he was on the air, he never threw shade at you. He didn't the whole That's time. Fine. Um, I've so, never lied to Christo. Well, here, here's what people are saying. I'm going to read directly from Go things that I'm getting. As a Lynchburg voter who waited nearly two decades to break Democratic rule on city council, can you please ask Mr. Mischens to stop embarrassing himself and us voters the very first week? His childish attacks of his fellow Republicans on social media are pathetic. Work together to lower taxes and make the city safe. Just grow up and get along. So on December 2nd, we all sat down in Jeff's kitchen and we had a plan that was going to address public safety because our citizens aren't safe, high taxes because mm-hmm. taxes are too high, and the school board and the school division and start getting that in the right direction. Those were our day one first meeting agenda items. Okay. Not a single one of those items made it onto the agenda for this Tuesday's meeting. But wasn't so, that yes, agenda I set? I am going to fight for the citizens. How That agenda was set before you all took office. The mayor approved the agenda on Thursday. But that agenda was set before you all... The mayor the agenda, and the mayor can change the agenda up until it's approved on Thursday. Okay. I'll just say this. I... I think the optics are horrible right now. I think the citizens of Lynchburg are embarrassed. Here's another Here's another uh, text that I received over the weekend from a listener. Um, I feel like I reluctantly voted for Mischens. I felt like he wrote in on the coattails of Reed and Taylor and then immediately stabbed them in the back. You're talking about optics. Those are optics for people. The only person that 
<clears throat> stabbed anybody in the back was Chris Feraldi when he stabbed Jeff Helgeson in the back. Now, I have text messages that I haven't published because it needs to be handled within the Lynchburg Republican City Committee that show that there was a concerted effort, that there was a consultant paid for by one of the other Republican campaigns to smear me in the media two weeks before the election. I've got those text messages. And I'm hoping that the Lynchburg Republican City Committee does the right thing because the person that was paid to smear me is a member of the committee. And they need to hold that person accountable because that's against the party plan and our bylaws. Well... It's it. This is exhausting. There's there, there's no doubt about it. Um, and I don't know anything about text messages. I don't know anything about conspiracy things. This is Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, it shouldn't be this complicated. We should be able to. And, and here's the thing. If you think the Democrats are not going to seize this infighting and run with it, you're mistaken. They will bring this stuff back. They've already screenshotted everything. <clears throat> People are not interested in this type. If y'all want to duke it out in private, I think that's fine. But this this whole thing of, of fighting like this and not getting work done, if this is going to be the tone, you're going to have a lot of upset people. Well, and, you know, we attempted to do that, and we uh, actually tried six times. I've got it right here in the text message thread. Six times to meet again after December 2nd because we knew we weren't done ironing out things. And Chris and Stephanie dodged those meetings. They did not want to meet with the entire Republican caucus before we were sworn in. And now we can't anymore because if it's more than two of us, it's a public meeting. Okay. Well, all I want to say is I hope you all can work through this and you can come together for the greater good. And I'm, and I'm saying that to everybody. I'm saying that to you. I'm saying it to Chris. I'm saying it to Stephanie. I'm saying it to Larry. I'm saying it to Jeff. We owe more to our citizens than this that's going on right now. And, and I agree. And there was an opportunity to do that. And with five Republicans and a Republican supermajority, we should have been able to sit down together and decide who the leader of our caucus was going to be. But they weren't willing to do that. So they had to side with the Democrats. Okay. <laughs> The, the bottom line is you've got to get along with everybody. You can't, it can't just be us and them. We've had enough of that bull crap for the past two decades. Y'all have got to get over your egos and start talking and working this stuff out. And I, it, I, I can't agree more. Regardless of who's in charge, right. it's the mayorship. <laughs> I mean, what, what does that mean? Somebody's going to cut a ribbon, somebody else isn't? I mean, what does that really mean? So, so governing isn't about glamour shots or photo shoots, right? We actually have to deliver results for the citizens. Exactly. And that is exactly what I intend to do. And I'm going to fight for it. And what I saw from minute one was that we are not headed down the direction to deliver on crime, taxes, and schools, right? From minute one, that's what I saw. Well, so I'm will... going to start fighting for our citizens because I intend to deliver on safer streets, smarter spending and stronger schools which is what i ran on well the only way you can do that is if all you all set your egos aside and work it at the task at hand not at who's against who but come together for what the needs of the citizens are and there are many needs in the city absolutely of lynchburg so uh i wish you well i i hope you'll be back on I hope be back on as often as you will have. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, your candor and your ability to hash it out this morning. We'll be back. Thank you. The Morning Jam.
We're glad you're joining us here this morning. Our uh, our number, our toll-free number is 866-916-3776. Our text number is 434-248-0704. Um, so those of you who have listened for a long time know that one of my crushes, especially growing up, was Mel Gibson. I love me some Mel Gibson. I was featured in the USA Today talking about Mel Gibson's butt. Not one of my bright shining moments, but it's a true story. What? So, what? <laughs> so, what? Wait, what? In, in the <laughs> Back in the day, um, the lifestyle section of the USA Today would ask questions about, and the question was about talking in movies. You know, a movie manners, which, you know, I have very strong opinions about. And I had written, <laughs> I had written a little letter to USA Today about, talk, you know, talking in movies and movie manners. And it was very brilliant, Trey. It was brilliant. It was well written. It was, it was clever. It had many great quotable lines. Uh-huh. Of all the lines they could have used, they used this one. Janet Rose. Lynchburg, Virginia, 22. Don't get me wrong. Even I can't get through a Mel Gibson movie without commenting on his butt at least once. <laughs> My sister calls me and said, hey, what you doing? Have you seen the USA Today? <laughs> no. Might want to pick that up. And you better hope Mama doesn't pick one up. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a shining moment. But that's your 15 minutes of fame. That's my 15 minutes of fame, baby. I made it in the USA Today. Um, well, okay, because and I do. I, I've I've got I'm crushing on some Mel. Well, apparently, Mel Gibson has been pulled from the Mardi Gras parade lineup over threats. Okay, um, as one of the groups tasked with organizing Mardi Gras festivities. They usually pick a couple of celebrity guests, often musicians, actors, or media personalities, to act as grand marshals of its annual Mardi Gras parade. This year, one of the marshals will be Willie Fritz, the head coach of uh, Tulane, Tulane, the Green Wave, University struggling football program, and spurred on to victory at the Cotton Bowl. Yep. Okay. USC. The other was Mel Gibson until Sunday night. Less than a day after announcing Gibson would lead the procession through the city, they backpedaled on the decision. Must have saw your line about his butt. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they, they, they pulled up that old uh, <laughs> that old article. Um, in a statement, they said some of this commentary included threats that caused us great concern. He didn't elaborate on the nature or the source of the threats. So, what? I I don't know. Why would they have done that? Who is hating on Mel? I don't like it. They've had interesting grand marshal choices in the past. Dolly Parton led the parade with Spuds McKenzie. Nice. <laughs> in 88. Now, that would be a fun lineup. That, Spuds McKenzie was the bud, bud, bud yeah, dog, bud I dog. think. Yes. They need to bring him back. Uh, so, I mean, he's had, a, he's had some bumpy things in his career for sure. Yeah. He, uh, he had some not bright shining moments mm-hmm. when he was drinking and 
saying things he should not have said, uh, but has certainly rebounded lately. But um, uh, so I can't, this is what, I can't this is what they're on, getting. I can't even Twitter focus on says, this. really, Mel Gibson was Dave, David Duke not available. I still can't focus. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to be able to focus the rest of this show. Why? Oh, <laughs> over the comment. <laughs> Look. I rarely get just stopped in my tracks <laughs> like I did. You should play What Do You Mean with me because then, then you'd really be. Because I just sat there. <laughs> I mean, I'm just letting you go and telling the story. And right. Then, then you're like, I wrote about his butt. And I was like. <laughs> I didn't. But see, that's just it. That wasn't what I wrote about. That's just what they, you know, I was taken out of context, Trey. Mm-hmm. I was completely taken out of context. Looking back, you should have thought, eh, maybe I don't include that line because that definitely is the line they would <laughs> that, use. Well, I was I was very young and dumb, and I did learn after that how, how to better do Articulate interviews. Articulate your point? Well, and just, you know, you just got to be careful about well, <laughs> how you word certain things. That's all. Yeah. Um, so we haven't talked about this this morning, although it's been in the, the national news. Um, Eight is enough star Adam Rich has died. He played Nicholas, the youngest one. I mean, I grew I grew up watching him. And now he's but they're they're not saying what happened, are they? Yeah. Uh, I know CBS mentioned his struggles with mental health. And so you fear the worst when it comes to when once you hear that. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, let me ask you this. If you were at a casino and you won $4 million, how about that? That would be exciting, huh? I'd leave. <laughs> i quit. i call you and quit. Right. Well, you might not want to do that too soon. Uh, there was a woman who was in Jamaica, and oh. and she won $4 million. That's Jamaican money. Well, basically what ended up happening was they ended up offering her a steak dinner instead. Yeah, no. (laughs) Well, so evidently there are the... Unless steak is just gold. Have you you ever, have you ever been, um, have you ever been outside the country? I, I have not. I don't have a passport actually. Okay. Well, even if you go to um, the you know Bahamas or or places like that, there are all these little casinos that you can that you can go into. Um, but apparently, you have to be really careful about winning because you may not really have won. Uh, they they were saying she didn't really win four million dollars, even though she has photos of her win and it said very clearly that she won so i don't know if she has any repercussions with that or not but they offered her um they did offer her a a lovely steak dinner instead they said she actually just won like a couple of bucks but she really won more if if you know, if I won $4 million and they came out to me and said, we'll give you a steak dinner instead, I'd probably have the same look that I had when you said you wrote about Mel Gibson's butt. <laughs> well, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's very, very much, though. I can't find. I was trying to pull. 
pull up. I thought I had marked it, but apparently I didn't. So I may have to come back to that one. But I can't imagine being offered a steak dinner instead of my millions. No, thank you. Not interested in that. Um, we were talking off the air about it's um, Catherine's birthday today. And you were saying that you were watching. Have you been watching the whole Harry and Meghan I watched, thing? I watched his interview on 60 Minutes last night because I figured you would talk about it. So I figured mm-hmm. I, I'd finally sound smart on the air. Right. And and, and what do you, because they are not getting great press right now. We'll, we'll talk about this when we come back. We'll talk about the 60 Minutes interview. We'll talk about this whole special that they've been doing Um on Netflix, is it Netflix that it's on? I think. Yeah, it is. I haven't watched that. Okay, all right. Um, a lot of people are just not thrilled with the whole Megan and, and Harry thing, both in America and across the pond. So we'll have a little bit on that. Something you want to talk about? Give us a ring eight six six nine one six three seven seven six, or you can text us four three four two four eight zero seven zero four. Thanks for joining us on the Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. Drier and warmer conditions expected for the first half of the work week. I'm meteorologist Bradford Ambrose. Happy Monday, everyone. Some freezing fog. It's like roadways possible this morning with temperatures into the 30s. We'll warm up into the 40s and 50s this afternoon, generally with a mix of sun and clouds. And then as we head toward our Tuesday, even warmer conditions on the way, upper 40s and low to mid 50s after starting off the day in the 20s. And currently we have uh, in Lynchburg 37 degrees with uh, fog advisory in places 39 in Bedford, 41 in Roanoke and Salem, 33 at Appomattox, 39 in Amherst. So been getting some text about the uh, Mischens interview at the top of the hour. We'll get that posted uh, very shortly. Uh, also have um, uh, a piece that uh, that will in in fairness to uh put up a a communication from stephanie reed and um chris feraldi the mayor and vice mayor of lynchburg uh talking about the tones that they're wanting to to set with this year and and kind of uh, their take on some of the things that occurred last week so you can look for all that on our morning jam page if you're not friends with us on facebook you need to go ahead and do that well, Prince Harry was on 60 Minutes. Now, you said you watched the interview. Did you watch the whole thing? I did. I felt like I felt like I was in a tr- I I reached my true adult form. Oh, you're you're being the you adult know. of your adult. All I know. Right. I was like I don't know that that's really being six, adult. It was kind of like watching 60 Minutes on a Saturday Sunday Sunday. Well, I know it says it's 60 Minutes, but isn't it wasn't it really more like Gossip Fest, you know, 2023 a little bit. Um, 
course, they also had the interview with a composer who did like The Lion King and oh, his name okay. the, and um, you were adulty. Um, someone oh, else, sophisticated couple movies. Um, well, Prince Harry talked about a lot of things in the interview, including and see, I just don't. I guess I come. I was raised. And this is probably why I'm I'm uncomfortable with some of the stuff going on with the city and and the the fighting the, the nation in general. That's not how you fight. Yeah, but this you, is how this family fights. <laughs> evidently, but you would to be fair. But you would think because they're royal, you would not think they would fight this way. Um, Prince Harry did talk about a physical altercation that he had with Prince William. Physical. physical. <laughs> Although you, I you laughed wonder, at this. You I, was wonder, like, I was like, he needs to watch a fight me and my brother have had. Because th- their idea of a fight is when they take a glove out and smack you on the face, right? And challenge you to a duel. <laughs> I don't know that that counts. Here's, here's some from that interview. Your arguments with your brother became physical. Um, it was a buildup of uh, frustration, I think, on his part. Um, it was at a time where he was being told certain things by people within his office. And at the same time, he was consuming a lot of the tabloid press, a lot of the stories. And he had a few issues which were based not on reality. And I was defending my wife and he was coming for my wife. She wasn't there at the time, but through the things that he was saying, I was defending myself and we moved from one room into the kitchen and his frustrations were growing and growing and growing. He was shouting at me, I was shouting back at him. It wasn't nice, it wasn't pleasant at all. And he snapped and he pushed me to the floor. He knocked you over? He knocked me over, um, I landed on the dog bowl. You cut your back? Yeah, I cut my back. I didn't know about it at the time. But um, yeah, he, he apologized afterwards. It was a pretty nasty experience. But He landed on what? A dog bowl. A dog bowl? A dog bowl. Oh, see, I need... I was like, you landed on a dough ball? That should have hurt you. And to add more context, he didn't tell his wife about it until he she saw the scar, and that's when uh, Mer- Meghan Markle found out. We'll continue. Yeah, oh, he's not about to, to tell anybody. That. Not to tell Meghan. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't have done. I didn't until she until she saw on the, on my back. She goes, "What's that?" I was like, "Uh, what?" I actually didn't know what she was talking about. And I looked in the mirror. I was like, "Well, because I'd never I hadn't seen it." Meghan. Hmm. Okay. I can't do that I, impersonation. I to, yeah, I thought he I swear I thought he said dough ball. <laughs> I thought that's what he said. Dog bowl. Dog bowl. It, I it, think dog bowl. Yeah, I think that's what he was saying. But, now that you say it like that, I think that's what it was. Um, see, if they were my kids, that's when I would put them in the getting along shirt. Yeah, but their dad's a... Never mind. I'm I had, like make a, fun of I had a giant shirt I'm not gonna make fun of the that I would make them put on together. And they would have to wear it around the house for like 15 minutes. Yeah, my mom probably should have done that with me and my brother. Oh, we he, did that. He would just separate, we did they would that separate a lot. us. And then if it got really bad, we had get along camp at my house. Oh, nice. Where they had to do everything together. I will say this. I get along better with my brother now that we don't have to see each other every day. Of course which the, I love him. But like, I think we're just, you know, we just don't see each other you'll every get, day. But it'll be better as you get as yeah. you get older. And let's not forget, these were grown men. And we can be adults now and have alcohol. That we're like scrapping over the... Oh, yeah, because that makes it better. No, we're, <laughs> I mellow out when I drink. So. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess he's just trying to earn a buck. 
Well, I will say this. That he, unlike the rest of the family, will put his mouth, like his face and his name, like, you know, like you don't see the other royals doing these types of interviews. They just kind of Because leak. their motto is never complain, never explain. Yeah, That's they just their motto. leak things. I, I'm trying uh, to defend him a little bit. They do leak stuff about this. And I think he's also in a place where, you know, Princess Diana was an outsider when she came into the family, really, and he, Meghan is his wife and i think there's some transference going on there yeah for and sure. i think he and he's mentioned that and i think he's trying tell you to right learn now, she's from no lady diana yeah she's he's trying to learn from the mistakes that her her dad made his dad made and and that's how that situation unfolded and if this is what he views like is the right way to protect her and that's what he feels. He said, like, in order to get past these issues, I feel like I need to just speak my opinion of, of it, which I've tried privately, and now I'm going to do publicly. Mm-hmm. And he does it, he, at least, and I, I respect this part, whether you agree with him or you disagree with him, it's, he, one, he's putting a book out, which is going to make, he's going to make money from it, but it's also still him going on the record, him saying his opinion and, and stuff like gonna that. And it's going to be, it's his side. And yeah. and we all know that the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That's his perspective, his, you know, influences, his, I just, it's, and I know some people are, are fast, and I am fascinated with royal history. I mean, I watch a lot of, a lot of that stuff. I just find some of this it's just off-putting. Typical family dysfunction getting yeah. blown up in times a hundred. Right. And uh, top fold. Of the newspapers. Here's uh, something else that I'm a little put off by. Langley High School in McLean, Virginia. Back in the news. Parents not happy after another distinguished high school was accused of withholding merit awards in advance of the district's policy of pushing equal outcomes for all students. So this is in Fairfax County. And apparently, uh, merit scholars in that district, there are two high schools in the same school school district that has been focused on things that are not about advancing kids' interest, but about equity. And what does that mean exactly? Well, it means the school doesn't want them to succeed. Uh, they want them all to be equal. That means they don't want people striving to be in the top 3%. Lucas, who is the mother of a student at Langley High School, called out the school for its delay in notifying students of their awards. She accused the district of having different priorities other than the parents and demanded transparency on the issue. They are the second high school in recent weeks to come under fire for withholding information about merit awards in the name of equity. Thomas Jefferson High School. Oh, heaven forbid! You got to change that name. Holy cow! How yes. is it? How is it even that? I agree name? with that. Good lord! You should change that. Name. Can't have that. They uh, supposedly withheld academic awards to promote the equal outcomes for every student without exception policy. The delayed awards in question were given by the National Merit Scholarship Corporation, which recognizes top performing high schoolers nationwide. Thomas Jefferson received the 22 honors in October, did not distribute them until a month later after early college application deadlines had passed. Therefore, they couldn't include it in their 
application. Her son was honored as a commended student but was never notified. No matter what they throw at us, we're going to stand up and speak up. There are laws that require all our academic records for our kids to be put in. Two years later, I discover my son was a commanded student because the school system that had uh, inf- held that information from us. What is the point of that? Why would they do that? I mean, as poorly as schools are doing right now, you would think they would be going, oh, yes, we have we have great students here. I'm, I'm hoping some of this is going to change now that um, we have Governor Youngkin in office. Last week, he did ask Attorney General Jason Mieres to investigate the allegations. And um, Fairfax County Public Schools released a statement saying it had facilitated its own investigation into the matter and that they'll share their key findings. Well, I hope so. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg, cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day and working hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. Today we are making a delicious Asian chopped salad Uh, Let's start out by making the dressing that goes along with it. A tablespoon of orange juice, uh, maybe a little orange zest in there, a teaspoon of sesame oil, half a teaspoon of sriracha, a squeeze of lime juice, and a dash of soy sauce. It is loaded with flavor. You really don't need any other uh, additions to that. So you make that dressing, kind of set it aside, and then you're just going to make your chopped salad. Start with some uh, chopped romaine. Add in a cup of green cabbage thinly sliced, maybe some purple cabbage, uh, red pepper thinly sliced, and then a cup of snap peas sliced or julienned, a cup of carrots that you've sliced really thin, and two green onions, little scallions thinly sliced. You can put bean sprouts in there if you like bean sprouts. I don't like them, so I don't put them in there. I will put some broccoli in sometimes. Uh, But put all that together. You can top it with some almonds if you like, some sesame seeds if you'd rather have those. Your protein of choice, grilled shrimp is great. Um, A little bit of, you've got steak left over, that's good. Grilled chicken, and then that dressing we gave you the recipe for, super delicious. Check out the recipe by going to Facebook. Type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share here on The Morning Jam, brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. I come from a long line of Southern cooks, and one thing my mama always told me was ingredients matter. That's why I trust the experienced butchers at FNL Market, Lynchburg's only locally and family-owned independent grocery store. Their staff cuts and grinds fresh meats daily and will offer you the personal service you desire for everyday meals or special occasions. This week at FNL Market, take advantage of their truckload chicken sale. Family pack boneless chicken breasts or tenders are $1.49 a pound. Save on family pack split chicken breasts, just $1.39 a pound. And family pack chicken drumsticks, thighs, or wings are $1.29 a pound. Save even more with the VIP Savings Club. Text FL Market to 833 605 1804. 
Stop by FNL Market today, 2517 Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg. Their meat is a cut above. There's a theme song for a lot of people. <laughs> Wake me song. up when it's over. Yeah, it's a really good good one. Uh, I don't know if you heard this story. This this happened late Friday. I was reading it over the weekend uh, about that Virginia teacher, first grade teacher, who was shot by her six-year-old student. We're getting more details about that now. Uh, evidently, she was trying to confiscate the gun when the child pulled the trigger. Um, Brittany Gregory has a son in the same class. She did an interview with the Washington Post. Abby Zwemer, 25, was shot at about 2 o'clock on Friday. This is at a, a Newport News, Virginia school, Richneck Elementary. She's listed in serious but stable condition. Uh, the teacher has been called a hero for warning the other students to flee. The six-year-old has been taken into custody. After the incident, um, the chief said it resulted from a fight, was not an accidental shooting. It was unclear what sparked the fight or how he managed to get hold of a weapon. Gregory said that when the teacher told the children to run, they fled to another teacher's room, remained under lockdown. The mom described Zwarner as her son's favorite teacher who would leave notes in his backpack. Things like, I hope you had a great day. I want you to know your smile is contagious, another uh, parent said. Apparently she, she did that a lot. Um, Gregory said her son is still in shock, has nightmares about the shooting. He normally sleeps in his own room. Uh, now he's sleeping in my room, talking in his sleep. He keeps saying, we've got to get out of here. She's making arrangements for him to see a therapist. That's, that's a pretty traumatic age to have to go through something like that. Gregory said she found out about the shooting when a neighbor asked her if she saw the report on television what school, she said, your son's school, and then they said it was in the first grade, and that's when she started to panic, said her heart stopped. Um, when she arrived at the scene, police did tell her no children were hurt, and she said, while I'm thankful he was not hurt physically, he is scarred mentally. And when she finally was reunited, she said you could tell on his face what he was going through. He it was a deer in the headlights look. Meanwhile, another student described the frantic moments. We were doing math. An announcer came on and was like, lockdown, I repeat, lockdown. I was scared. It was my first lockdown. I didn't know what to do. I just hid under my desk like everyone else. What, what would prompt a six-year-old to take a gun to school? I mean, where on earth did he get it? Why? I just, I don't understand. And you know, if he got it from his parents, they are absolutely going to be 
held accountable. The parents will be. Andrew Block is an associate professor at the University of Virginia School of Law and said it's unlikely that the six-year-old will be prosecuted even though there's no minimum age. As a practical matter, it would be next to impossible to prosecute a six-year-old no matter how serious. He cited the infancy defense in which people under seven do not have the ability or mental state to form the intent to commit a crime. Uh, it says you have to be able to understand the nature. And, and I don't know. They noted that an adult could face misdemeanor charges if the pistol came from a home where he lives because they have to be secured. We'll, we'll follow that story. It's a tragic story anyway. you look at it. Beautiful young teacher who um, has been shot and evidently is, is in critical but stable condition. So that's good news. A visitor to the Florida Everglades National Park shared a video that went viral over the weekend. We're planning on going to Florida in February, just like we did last year a good time to go or maybe it's not she recorded a video of a 15 foot burmese python slithering across the road now if i see a snake in the road i don't swerve to miss it my snake friends would be upset to know that probably but i don't swerve to miss anything because i'm not going to wreck my car over an animal but um but even if you ran over this sucker, nothing's going to happen to it. It is huge. Burmese pythons considered, of course, an invasive species. We've talked about that before. The snakes establish a breeding population in the wild after being brought in as pets. They are literally just killing everything in sight there. It's a real mess. I don't think that's going to be a big welcoming card to your national parks. Probably don't want to be sharing that one too much. That doesn't make me want to visit your park, sir and or madam. Uh, here's a great story out of Michigan. Some people believe an animal chooses its human and shows up in their life for a specific reason. I've experienced that a time or two. That's why I think about Buddy. That's exactly what the staff of a nursing home in northern Michigan think. Scout started escaping from the local animal shelter across the street from Meadowbrook Medical Care Facility. Started in 2017. It happened three times, and after each time Scout escaped the shelter fence, he was found asleep on the couch in the front lobby of the medical care facility. They say, we don't know why he chose us. Chose us. After the third time he was found sleeping on the lobby couch, employees decided to just adopt him. He brings love and normalcy. When you come into the facility, you see a lot of loss. And one of the losses when people have to, is when they have to leave their pets at home. So it's like a retirement community. So it really helps the residents and it creates a sense of home. He knows all the residents. He knows who belongs, who doesn't belong, and he protects the household. And he knows when people are sick and not doing well. He'll go lay with them and give them comfort. That is my favorite story. Now they're collecting donations of dog food and cat food for Scout's House Paws for the Pantry fundraiser. Now he's raising money for everybody. I think that's kind of cool. He's found a home. They adopted him. And now he's given back. 
you know, there's a there's being a, a big push for adoptions here locally. They are really, really needing help in um, in the local area with adoptions because really, really full right now. If you're thinking about, you know, adopting a pet, that's where you got your pet. Was I got Hokey at the, Society. That's where I got Hokey. That's where Buddy came from. Um, they are, they just unexpectedly, Lynchburg Humane Society, received nine large dogs from the same home coming into an already full shelter. 352 pets are now housed in the facility. And they put out a plea saying, we need you now. And they're holding a dog adoption event. And they're expressing to the community that they do need your help. They have a record-breaking number of dogs in their care. So if you can help out, if you've been thinking about getting a new pet, go by the Lynchburg Humane Society and help them out. Your life will be changed forever in a good way. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Morning Jam. I'm Janet Rose. He's Trey. We'll be back tomorrow. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.